This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Tom Gibbis, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, in the season of giving, I can't be more thankful than to have our next guest. He is the voice of many of your favorite anime and video game characters, including Ryu from Street Fighter, Captain Aizen, the evil Captain Aizen from Bleach, Adelk Gohan from the Dragon Ball series, and recently the pro hero known as Fat Gum from My Hero Academia. His name is Kyle A. Bear, and he is making his fourth grand appearance on the show to catch up on his recent ventures and much more. Kyle, welcome hey. back to Talk Time Live. Ah, Dax, dude, it's great to be here. Do I get like a gold star or is there some reward? You're, you're at that status right now. You're really at the status. There's a few people that is making that status. Actually, one person or one person that might actually got ahead of you, but you're making that platinum status at this point. <laughs> dude, that's great. Great. I'm going to get like priority check-in, first class <laughs> seats, free baggage. And I'll definitely make sure you get a better royalty check. To- <laughs> so, so Thank you. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totes my goats. <laughs> so thank you for coming back. And by the way, this is the first time we actually visually seen each other. Like you, the first time I talked to you, I spoke with you was like 2014 when you made it to Philadelphia. That was the first interview I've ever had. You were a South Street diner with me. Yeah. Um, and we, I got to meet you. I got to meet your lovely I, Christ, uh, Christina, which by the way, I haven't talked to you guys since. Congratulations on getting married. After oh, all this yes. It's, it's been a minute, huh? Yeah. We got married and we've just been just sitting out the whole pandemic. Uh, you know, we, we do that whole Amazon Instacart thing. Postmates to have food delivered, you know, you st- staying indoors as much as possible. Sometimes I do go out, but I, I, I keep it to recording studios with a good cleaning protocol. And yeah. If there's absolutely something I got to go get right now, we can't wait for Amazon to have a whole day to wait. (laughs) (laughs) The times that we live in, right? (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) But um, no, I'm glad to have you back because you've been doing a hell of a lot since we last talked. Doing a few things. You were not you like you were you were you weren't even playing characters that you're playing now. Back when last time we spoke, last time we spoke. Street Fighter Six, uh, excuse me, wishful thinking. Street Fighter Five just came out. <laughs> That's how far ago. So, new gen of gaming came and all this stuff. So, now that now, despite everything that has happened in 2020, you and other actors were able to persevere while continuing to do voice roles and you know, and any uh, event of the pandemic. Were you able to? And I think this is feel like this is a dumb question in my behalf. Uh, do you feel like that you were able to assimilate and adjust to the changes uh, smoothly or was it a bit of a challenge to you to, you know, do voice work at home? Well, you know, for me and my wife, we're both we're both uh, homebodies anyway. Yeah. We, we don't go to a lot of parties and it's like, do we have to people today? And we, we do miss going to the theater. Oh, my God. You can't replicate, especially an IMAX. You know, and the, the experience of you know, having the popcorn and sitting in the nice plush seats and yeah. 
and, and having that thing, you can't replicate it just by popping on Apple Plus or Paramount or Netflix. It's like, okay, well, that was fun. That was a good movie. Okay. It's just totally some pros different. and cons, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're saving money, right? But what's the the thing? So, yeah, what <laughs> with with voice acting, that industry has been able to thrive and continue right. to flourish because uh, we were able to take the technological advances and bring it and adapt it to everyone's home recording setup. Right. Uh, in some cases, everyone was already up to snuff with a, with a good broadcast quality setup. Others had to make an investment. Mm-hmm. I, I bought a new preamp, but I've been working with my Neumann TLM 103 for years. This thing is right. just a powerhouse uh, that a lot of pro, pro studios use. And mm-hmm. I just sit here with my iMac and I, produce, uh, I record with Adobe Audition. And we're using apps that connect us to digital studios like Source Connect or, yes. or Session Link Pro, things like that. And we, we dub to the video by looking at Skype or Zoom. Right. And um, yeah, there's hiccups sometimes. There's tech glitches everywhere, like with yeah. anything. You know, you can have the most perfect high high speed broadband, but there's still hiccup. Oh, oh, right. Do it again. Do it again. And we're doing recording backups on our side and uploading them through the cloud and all that. So studios are continuing. The as you've seen, you know, with all the all the quick return uh, of of shows on Crunchyroll, Funimation, Netflix, and whatnot, live action dubs. Mm-hmm. A lot of the LA anime talent pool are now doing a lot of live action shows, and um, and the games, of course, that that's still flourishing. And mm-hmm. yeah, so business-wise hasn't really changed except for the cons going away that was a kick to the gut for many people not just for a social reason right. you know for economic reasons for for the artist out there who kind of uh you know we kind of need that, <laughs> that it income. was really uh, you know uh evident in 2020 i really i i was very empathetic for you guys back in 2020 i'm glad to see that is slowly but surely coming back and i would say um, Repop did really well with how they prepared everything in New York Comic uh, New York Comic Con this year. Oh, good! I thought it was absolutely awesome. Especially, I don't know if you heard about what, hap- what happened at uh, Anime New York. No, Anime NYC had in the same in the Jaffa Center, the same place as New York Comic Con. Just recently, this um, this Friday, this past Friday, there was some convoluted situations and structures in terms of the actual lines and setup and volunteers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Thousands of people were waiting outside for five hours just to get in on day one. Ooh. That means panels were delayed or canceled. That means people were out in 36 degree weather because they were trying to figure out the, uh, you know, the vaccination bans and everything. I felt bad for the people who only got day one deals. I don't, and it happened in the same place that New York uh, Comic-Con is happening. Oh man. It was, it, it, I saw the, you could go, if you like go hashtag uh, animate New York city lines, you'll see pictures all over people just waiting out there for, I can't even fathom. In the freezing cold, the polar opposite of of like Anime Expo over here during the summer, July 4th weekend, the lines go on for hours in the heat. And And I don't know what's worse. This is not like like waiting out for Hall H. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, This is not that type of fun line. This is like people were waiting for a fluid uh, transition and it unfortunately didn't happen to that. And I really felt bad for them. But with, with that said, that was the only one con that I've actually heard that had that hiccup. Every other con that I've heard 
that's been opened up. I heard no real problems in that situation. I hope they won't be again. But it's great to see that a lot of you know them are starting to you know assimilate to the structures and everything. And so it's it's going to take a while. Yeah, yeah. Some of the I've been uh, doing cons since the the early summer. Things have yeah. picked up slowly but surely, mm-hmm. and different uh, depending on the state. You know, some people have like, yeah, you have to absolutely wear a mask, or others mm-hmm. are like, I don't care. You know, I go to Florida or Texas, and it's like, what's a mask? And like, good god. <laughs> but I'm still wearing mine, guys. Sorry, I just right. I'm trying to be safe, right? Just in case, and I'm vaccinated, so it's like, right. Oh, I'm still still doing that. And some cons were really cool. They had the, like a plastic separator, like you see at the grocery store or a bank. Exactly. Counter. Yeah. And that's great. And you know, so much hand sanitizer. We probably cleared out all the grocery stores. <laughs> like after every You're transparent at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm signing a piece of paper or my my print, putting it, and then oh, okay, okay, and right, next, okay, and and sit, and okay, great, nice to see you, right? Hey, this bump, and oh, okay, just doing it. Lather, rinse, repeat. <laughs> right. So, with that said, you know, with that said, going back to the studio part, are you now more comfortable doing the studio work at home, or do you still prefer to do, you know, go to the actual studios, the sound studios? Well, I do like face-to-face time with with the people, of course, the directors and the other actors yeah. that you pass in the halls. Of course, that's that's great. But right. you get to shave off all the drive time, the traffic, the can, absolutely. You know, hey, I'm sitting at home. Clothes are optional. You know, honestly, <laughs> I can roll out of bed, come in here into the closet, and just start rolling. Right, I exactly. love that. I'm very spoiled by it. <laughs> you know, what's awesome it. too is that like I've watched. I, you know, I have the Funimation subscription as well. So I hear you all the time or I have Netflix and I hear you on, uh, you know, the seven, seven deadly sins or whatever like that. You cannot tell. I hate to hear pretentious people act, you know, act so uppity about whether they feel like they know when somebody's, you know, the quality is like, you don't know. You had no idea that they were in closet studios this whole entire time. It sounds exactly the same as it did when they were in studio. Whether yeah. whether they were in studio in Texas or whatever or New York or not, <laughs> so oh you guys, yeah, I I actually and I've said this many times to other people that I've you know talked yeah I've interviewed or whatever. You guys did a tremendous job during the pandemic in terms of like getting the voice work done where you had to get it. And when I watched Tsunami, it sounded phenomenal. So kudos to all of you. <laughs> and kudos to the engineers. They're the ones really picking up the slack yes. for us because everyone's in a different recording environment. Everyone's using different mics. Yeah. And they have to work some magic by importing all of our tracks right. into Pro Tools and maybe run a pass by on, on trying to just smooth it out and all that. So their workload has increased. They can't stand it. They wish we could come back in. <laughs> and there are some actors that definitely prefer to just have the technical side totally taken yeah. off of them. And I respect that, too, because, yeah, yeah like what if you're running a, a backup and they say, can you send the backup? And they're like, oh, I forgot to hit record. <laughs> and even furthermore, even to that sense, you know, I talked with Steve Bloom at one point and he did he had a whole rig set up where like he was doing motion capture. <laughs> so it, it I, I you you guys went in deep <laughs> and, and by any means possible to get this done. So it's pretty awesome just to see that you guys are able to persevere that way. So. It is uh, it is amazing uh, the 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 pride and the passion of yeah. the community and the studios. There's some studios that built mobile rigs because they were they were very very uh, dependent upon having a consistent consistent sound. So they made these mobile yeah. rigs all with the same uh, mics and processing and mic stands and all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. they direct us online. We just plug in and 
and do all that. And they'll even do it with uh, their established long distance talent. It's like, we're going to mail you the rig, have you record, mail the rig back to us. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, wow, that's a thing. And so what I honestly don't know, and I do love it here in California, but the cost of living, oh my God, you know, you move anywhere else. Like I'm from Texas. Of course, the cost of living is going up there now because all everyone from California is migrating to Texas or whatnot. Right. And Funimation Studios is in in Texas, right? It is in Dallas, and there are yeah. people from LA that have moved from LA to Texas, and it's like, <laughs> hmm, wow, that that says something. Right. Now, as far as I know, there are a lot of opportunities and studios opening up, but what is the long term effect? You know, like, are we going to have to deal with COVID every winter? Is it really going to matter where we're living now that we have the ability to record from home? Because if that's the case, no one really has to be living where the work is anymore because the work is exactly. it's online. Right. And if you have a strong enough internet connection and you have a professional broadcast quality studio, mm-hmm. why not? Absolutely. That's yeah. why I really appreciate, I, I do appreciate the benefits. I mean, I work at home all the time too, but like, again, like you said, what I'm doing shows like this with you here and I up just recently updated my bandwidth. So everything's running smoothly. It's, it's just, it's so comfortable. It's, a, you know, the, the, the state of mind, the state of comfort and tranquility of knowing that you can not only do your job, but you can do it with, you know, in a peaceful sense, you know? So I think, it, I think a lot of businesses learn that too. It's like, especially some small people, it's like, we don't really have to rent corporate space in a building. We could, we could literally do everything from home and save so much overhead. Google, Google <laughs> recently did that, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, Google was one of the places that I think that they still had the brick and mortar. But like, otherwise, if you wanted to stay home, which I would have done instantly, like, oh, when I used to work corporate, I would love to just answer phones at home or whatever like that. I would have loved it. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. You're, you're home. And uh, I mean, I do feel I, I feel sorry and empathy for uh, the parents, you know, with the kids yeah. and having to homeschool or finding some sort of alternative to make it work because the, the classes are closed. And yeah, how do you do your day job? And and take care of the kids. So hat, hats off to, to the parents out there. Absolutely. Making it so, work. One of the recent characters that you actually uh, portray is My Hero Academia's fan favorite pro hero, Fat Gum. Everybody loves this character. I mean, you go to cons everywhere. You see Fat Gum cosplay. I was at the, uh, like I said, I was at New York Comic Con. So I was there for the My Hero Academia World Heroes mission panel. Mm-hmm. 5,000 people in there, and damn it, you saw a lot of yellow, uh, you know, jackets out there representing fat gum out there. It was amazing. Um, I'm here too. I actually <laughs> <laughs> I have some fat gum, I have the Funko Pop, and I that, that is what I've signed most of this year is the Funko I can, Pop. I can only imagine. Did you had did you have any feeling in it because you've done you know characters for you know a very seasonable time? Did you have a feeling that this character would be as popular as it was the minute that you saw, especially with American fans? I was uh, I was certainly hoping. I know that he wasn't a major character, yeah. but I play a lot of underdogs, a lot of mm-hmm. side characters, and like, pun intended, I guess, with Kiba on Naruto. There's so many Kiba fans, and he's not a major character, but right. when he shows up, he shows that he's just as worthy as any other ninja there. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that that's great. And uh, <laughs> Kamina and Gurren Lagann, you know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of characters that seem to be making a really, really positive impression on fans. Yeah. I just saw his character design and fell in love with it. It's like, 
I don't I I don't know if he's going to become popular or not, but it right. feels great to be associated with this franchise. It's so huge. And it's getting people out of the homes and into the theaters and it's making, you know, you know, blockbuster box office, which I knew it was the minute one, the minute that I knew that when I learned that I can watch it up the street and up two blocks away from my actual neighborhood, because most of the anime movies that has come out is only played in selected theaters. Right. But this in particular, like Dragon Ball Super didn't either. Uh, Super Brawly didn't even premiere in, you know, every theater. It's, it premiered a selected theater. This in particular one was the one that was going to play in every theater. And I was like, oh, this is going to make a lot of money. <laughs> and after yes. going to that panel with 5,000 people in that uh, in that panel, oh, this is going to make bank. <laughs> and it absolutely did, you know, as expected. And it was awesome. You, every, I was so happy to hear everybody that I know come, you know, come on air and do their roles. Uh-huh. The, it, you know what it reminded me of? What's up? I felt like it was, it, it, had, a, it had a Transformers, the movie 1984 vibe to me. Mm. In a sense that you got to see all of your favorite characters from the original series. And then on top of that, you got to see new characters that you never saw before that right. interest you as well. And it was like you had this big threat that came about. And it just, it wasn't exactly they were facing Unicron by any stretch, but it was like threatening enough that, you know, the whole aspect of it um, with the uh, humorized it, whole aspect, it was just awesome that it just felt like it was, it was definitely an epic type of end game-ish type of thing going oh, on wow. here. And wow. it was awesome. It was awesome. It was great to hear all of you guys in there too. Well, it's great to, to be a part of it and continue. And I always say this on every interview I do. I mean, without the fans, we wouldn't have this awesome opportunity, this awesome job to help a, a property go worldwide yeah. and reach a, a much bigger audience uh, with the English adaptation. So absolutely, thank you all for the support. Absolutely. Now, you also, going away from anime real quick, you're also you know, have your own podcast called the intergalactic boom box where you talk about, you know, news and pop culture while entertaining all of us with an assortment of uh, fun character portrayals. And you also have a Twitch, uh, you know, ch- uh, show that you do as well called go, <laughs> go, ha- go Han with your own bad self. Love it. What led you to uh, start doing these shows? I think with the pandemic, a lot of people were just, getting a little stir crazy and they wanted to do something fun and creative. And I saw that a lot of voice actors were already on Twitch and I was like, well, let me just see or read up, do a little research and I'm like, okay, what is a capture card? How hard is it to really do this setup? And it's like, Oh, this is much easier than I thought. Um, but I did have to update some things. I had to, I had to get a new laptop that was current and <laughs> that could work, run OBS right. and all that. And, uh, it's like started, uh, I was able to go to affiliate pretty quick, which was nice, but uh, I don't have a lot of uh, a lot of traffic, unfortunately. I, I, I streamed three times a week, but mm-hmm. I seem to get more hits on the on-demand version than, so maybe it's not the best time when I oh, do Oh, no, no, I get it too. It, I, it, I get my, you know, especially on this show, I get more fills and heavy, you know, traffic on one thing, and then some things are a little bit more challenging yeah. to start up, so I get it. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to find the the little thing, and then I see TikTok picking up. So now, mm-hmm. uh, even though I've had a TikTok, I was like, "What do I post?" And then I see others and get ideas like, "Just be funny, just be yourself, do right. just do lines from your characters." Those things just they practically go viral. 
It's like Miley Flanagan just doing a line from Naruto, and it's like hundreds of thousands of like, oh, wow. Okay. Right. Oh, that Miley. Yeah. <laughs> True fact. Which makes me feel bad because she's on here and I'm not. It's like, what am I doing? <laughs> you need to be. I hear that podcast, uh, uh, TikTok is a great way to promote podcasts. I will listen to and you know it's even funnier too. Not only you talked about doing capturing too. Um Amanda C. Miller's sister hmm? gave me a capture uh a uh capture uh card and I have not yet used it yet. Oh and I'm just no. wait I, I feel like I'm trying to play double dutch where I'm just waiting to jump in the right opportunity to do it. So I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna jump on eventually and start tw- doing Twitch and everything and try to you know embed my video gaming into it but i have my ps5 over in the other room i have it here i got my nintendo switch here it's like i'm trying to embed all that in it's just you know when you're the one man band in studio it's yeah. hard to just keep adding on this content you know but it i, I enjoy every bit of it so i'm i i heard your uh podcast i absolutely enjoy it because i love the new i love the voices that you do oh thank and, you I love the subject matter that you talk about as well. And it's, it's really enjoyable. Like, you know, everybody else, everybody talks about what's going on in, in um, pop culture and everything, but you don't, you add an extra layer, an extra, you know, form of depth to it. That's very entertaining. Oh, thank I you. I recommend anybody to check this out. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. It's kind of a callback to my old DJ on air days with radio Disney and even my old rock station that I was on before radio disney where it's like mm-hmm. it's energetic i'm i'm trying to be a little bit quirkier instead right. of it's like i'm reading the news it's like no i have opinions and i'm going to go into different voices because i'm a voice actor and right. then i'm going to have, have multiple personality disorder and just have these other characters that i've created <laughs> because i don't want to get into copyright infringement right and I'm gonna edit them in such a way that it sounds like i'm in a room with people overlapping and all that yeah. stuff so it creates a little bit of a, a headache you know, to editing wise, but I, oh, it, it, I trust me together. as somebody who also uses Adobe audition. I absolutely understand what you're going to do, what you're doing and how it's being done. God bless you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I tell you what really lit the fire under my butt to get back into podcasting was this movement called podcasting 2.0. And this is something that Adam Curry, an old MTV VJ back in the day, he is credited right. with being, one of the inventors of podcasting. Mm. They call him the pod father. So him and <laughs> uh, his his coding friend, uh, Dave Jones, have been doing this podcast for a year, two years about this project. We're going to take podcasting to the next level and mm. we're going to integrate cryptocurrency to where we're going to have a new streaming model to where you can listen on an app and stream little bits of Bitcoin called Satoshi's, little micropayments, little oh, wow. pennies on the dollar. And as you play it back, it streams to the podcaster so there's no middleman there's no patreon or anyone else taking a cut and write this down yes yeah i'll I'll talk (laughs) to you off air i tell you man newpodcastapps.com you can download any of these free apps and i guarantee you're gonna find things you can do that you can't do on apple you can't do on Mm. google you can't do on spotify all the big games in town are not doing things like images right chapters and this a bit this ability for podcasters to monetize and you can send custom messages and as you're streaming these little little amounts i mean you might spend a quarter if you want to send fifty dollars or more you can but if you want to send a nickel it's all up to you it's a it's a concept called value for value what Mm. value are you getting out of this show and if you are doing that 
you can you can do it back by time or talent right. or treasure you know take 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 a little bit of money and uh you know um move some money into a, a wallet within the app and mm-hmm. it's really easy to to hook all that up and it's just done it's just done and it's amazing and i've been able to monetize a little bit but right. i see how it works and it's exciting it's cool i have people that are using podcast 2.0 apps and um it's great i've been using a, a host called buzzsprout uh, and they've been awesome. They've integrated some of these 2.0 features, so I'm able mm-hmm. to easily create chapters and upload images that display while you're listening, so you can look, and then the link will be I love there. that. I love that idea. That is right, right up my alley, too. Yes. Let me tell you, the one, one of the most favorable things I love about interviewing you is that you always keep me on point with tech. <laughs> it never fails. It's rather we already on point by having the same tech, or we're always in sync by doing it, using the same things or whatever, but you always have, you always, you know, greatly what up me. And I am very happy that you do because I learn new things from you. <laughs> yeah. See, and you can get your audience maybe scratching their head at first and they're like, what is 2.0? What do you mean sats? Oh, Satoshi's. What is a Satoshi? Right. It's part of Bitcoin. Well, I don't know anything about Bitcoin. No, it's okay. The app shows you what to do and get <laughs> set up. And it's not like, well, a Bitcoin, $60,000. Like, no, micro, right. micro, micro. one of a of a penny that you're streaming online through the cloud through the magic to the podcaster and and this is going to be the future man for bands think Mm -hmm. about this you're listening to a song and an album distributed as a podcast and you're listening and you're saying i love this song i'm going to send more money for this song to the singer because he did a great thing or just to the guitarist because that solo's killer or just to the whole band and maybe to the podcast host or or, or someone on the tech side, like here's a five percent split. Here's this. Here's that. It's like tipping 2.0. You know, really, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a new way to monetize. That's really, really exciting. And I think as the tech gets better and people are able to still monetize what we we call fiat currency dollars, right? You know, as we do that and people are still kind of sticking to that model, you know, if we can get credit card companies, Visa, Mastercard, and all that on board with this. Think about that, man. Right. Just boop. I'm just, I'm just, I'm supporting your show by listening to it, setting the little fader dial on 10 sats a minute or a hundred sats a minute. And I can hit a boost button when you say something that entertained me or I thought was, I agree, boost. And then suddenly you get 5,000 <laughs> stats or something. And hey, it's just cool to see. That is awesome. So another thing that I enjoy about you is your social media platforms. Because you use your social media platforms in the most positive way more than anybody I've ever seen on a daily basis. Like uh, just you're doing things. I feel like you're doing things just to make your fans and friends and family, you know, to get a laugh uh, throughout the day or something that's just like the funniest meme ever or entertaining tweets, uh, you know, with conversations with your uh, with your wife, Christina. When you post, is it to entertain the fans and friends that you're that you're uh, on with, or is it just to entertain yourself or just put on whatever you find funny online? It's like a combination. It's like, I want to share the vibe I'm getting. It's like, I thought this was funny. I would like, I want to share this experience with people 
and feel like, especially in this time of isolation, yeah. that, you know, people have some sort of connection, obviously not the same as our, our real life friends and family, yeah. but there is that sense of community and the fans are great. And, you know, I want to be able to put a smile on someone's face or entertain them with a voice or a funny clip or a meme. It's like, right. You know, a lot of times you're just sitting there and it's just sharing because it's viral. It's like, I didn't write it. I didn't write but I'm going to share it. I'm going to pay it forward because it made me laugh. And I think, I, think it, I absolutely think it does the same. Because I know you and I've known you for uh, quite some time, I, I feel that it's so genuine when you do it. It's not, it's not a matter of just trying to get attention. It's really, I feel like you do it just to get people to smile. And every time I go on to Facebook, especially because the only times it immediately goes, I normally don't go for people don't understand. I don't normally go to um, the newsfeed because yeah. I have a Facebook group that I immediately just go in primarily. And sometimes my profile for that matter. Uh, second, secondly, but newsfeed just pops up out of the blue. And a lot of times your post pops up and it just, if that's the first thing that I see in the morning time is something coming from you that just has me cracking up or smiling like crazy. So to that, and I, I again, Follow Kyle Aber <laughs> because you will be entertained if not for his many talents in the world of anime and video games and more just with his sense of humor, which speaks volumes through his social media platforms. And it is a much needed sense of therapy sometimes. Yeah, you do. Oh yeah. I, I think my wife is hysterical and she does not want to be in the limelight. She's like, that's your world. It's like, right. okay, that's fine. But when she says something funny and I just follow it up with and tweet and tweet, <laughs> and sometimes it'll be like, and don't, it's like, oh man. It's like, <laughs> and they're very relatable that? too. As a married, as a married man myself, I do uh, empathize with, you know, what you <laughs> tweet sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to showcase. I know that, that people tend to only show the, the sunshine, bright, happy parts of yeah. ourselves on social media, but I don't look at it, it. I think that's kind of cold and cynical. I think, I think it's a good thing that we post positive things because it helps remind people that there's something that we can always strive for the positivity yeah. and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Everyone is suffering from something. They have different levels of drama. They have different levels of trauma. They have different levels of depression or, or, or mental issues that they're dealing with, right. either genetic or, or something just caught on. And everyone is going through their own thing. Right. And, you know, we know that through the loss of Robin Williams, who made everyone laugh. But it's like we find off out posthumously, post posthumously that, oh, man, the man was suffering. He right. was suffering for decades. Right. Now, you know, you segue right into my next question, too, and I'm glad that you did that because you as a person, a public figure and a celebrity in your own self, in your own right, you were one of you're absolutely one of the first people that I know that has spoke about mental health, uh, you know, through your own experiences or just in general and in, in the well-being of others, you know, which has now become a nationwide subject. Are you happy that the conversation is now widespread? Yeah, I I am. And I think the pandemic has something to do with that because we see the shift on the news. We see the shift in our in our media. The movies yeah. and TV shows are featuring more and more about yeah. depression, its side effects, the positive, the negative. Mm -hmm. Mental health is becoming a huge thing. I mean, even the yeah. Joker with, with Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. That was a study in mental health. Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, 
And it's great to see the artists and creators, the directors, the writers, and all that embrace this. Yeah. And that people are coming forward and realizing and understanding. It's like, this is something that, that should unite us all. We're all going through this. Um, mental health is something that I've always said. You know, if people get celebrated for working out at the gym for their physical self, why don't they get praised for seeking to fix this? to fix your brain, what's going on in your heart and soul by talking to a therapist, you know, that used to have mm -hmm. such a stigma. It's like, oh, this is my shrink. You know, like right. negative jokey things. It's like, oh, he's crazy. Right. Like, now everyone, everyone has something and everyone has something to benefit. And like, God, if I, I wish the school system would make mandatory, not just your core subjects, but have counseling and therapy. Oh, I would have, I would have, I would have embraced. In fact, I'd actually, did go to therapy when I was in high school, uh -huh. um, not through school, but like through my homies. We, you know, we, I grew up um, with, you know, a dysfunctional situation. Sure. So we, my mom knew that she wanted to make sure that I was okay. So we did, we did pursue therapy for, you know, and I was able to talk it out, um, you know, from there. And that I kind of, I think that was helped me want to do couples therapy in the very beginning of, of my marriage to make sure that we know because we got such diverse backgrounds that we can know how to handle situation in case of, and of course it's been 16 years. So that, you know, kudos to that. <laughs> right. I, I remember that, um, our, our therapist, our couples therapist, he said something very similar to what you just said. He said, I don't understand why people don't do not have a problem with, um, you know, curing, trying to cure the common cold, but you can't cure the common relationship. And it just makes all the sense in the world, you know, it does, you know, they're a suitable, you know, professional, you know, form of uh, therapist, doctors, whatever that can, you know, help men's situations. Yeah. So I think this is an ideology, um, an ideology, especially in, in my, you know, culture in my community that hopefully that, that the subject is starting to come up. But, you know, it, I'm very happy myself that it has happened. I'm also happy that you were one of the first people that I was that was you know, brave enough to actually speak out on it before it became a, a thing in this right. case. Well, it's empowering to admit to yourself mm -hmm. that it's okay to not be okay. And that there are resources that are free to low cost to yeah. Expensive for, for, for every sliding scale there is, there's lots of great resources online. Mm -hmm. NAMI, the North American mental, I forget what they stand for, but they're, they are a resource <laughs> N A M I NAMI, right. NAMI.org. And you can find, you can enter your zip code and find all these low cost or no cost counseling and therapy. It's like, Oh, I can't afford it. I can't, I don't have insurance. It's like, no, no, no. If now is, is better than ever a, a, a chance to embrace uh, and find all these great resources yeah. and uh, get to the bottom of uh, our. Get to the bottom of it before you get to the bottom. Yes. Yeah. To recognize the yeah. signs. You know, we we don't want to have to hit rock bottom, but, yeah. you know, know that that the love and support of people, your friends, your family, your coworkers are always around you. Even the the. The kindness of strangers that totally exists. There's people that are chomping at the bit. They've studied, they've gone to college, they've got masters because they're dying to help you. Right. They, they want to help you get your life together. 
and pick up the pieces that were shattered from an early childhood trauma or something in your current situation mm -hmm. and putting a positive spin on that, you know, doing things like different approaches, like cognitive behavior therapy. Cognitive behavior therapy is deconstructing. If I do this behavior, what's positive going to come out of it? What's negative going to come out of it? Right. And if I don't do this, what's the positive going to come out? And you sit there and deconstruct things and you get to the point where it's just auto. It's just like blinking. It's just like breathing. Right. And the more you do that, you see the warning signs and you can avoid a lot of mistakes and poor choices. <laughs> I, I, I lived through that. I can belch for that. I can co-sign for that. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what we do. We're human. We mm -hmm. are inherently flawed. We make a ton of, of poor decisions and things that we absolutely we, we regret. We're built. We're filled with gain, uh, guilt and shame and embarrassment. And it's like. You can only wallow in that for so long. This misconception yeah. of perfection is is crazy. Like, yeah. where did that start and how do we finish it? <laughs> right. Now, when you see a, a perfect picture of happiness on social media, don't think that, oh, that person's lying to you. That's just one aspect of that person. They they want to they want to be seen. They want to they want to put themselves out there. It's like, this is a goal I'm reaching towards. Right. I had a good time at this gathering. I enjoyed this pizza, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there and yeah, we're going to get through the tough times to get to awesome memories like these. Absolutely. And I tend to try to at least put that form of reality in every once in a while with the other stuff and, you know, just try to keep moving. I, I always try to invite people to, you know, open up and, and try to open up and I, I try to have a safe, you know, place to do so and a, and a support system to do that as well. But definitely I am so happy that we're getting into this state and I hope that it gradually goes on as years to come. But it, in terms of my case, thank you for doing what you did and doing what you've been doing in terms of that, you know, all, you know, the entire time. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I think it's exciting to when I'm watching on YouTube nowadays, because I don't really watch TV on live TV, but I'm seeing celebrities speak about this. And it's like, there's such power in that because so many people are fans of these people for whatever reasons they're, they're entertainers or they're pol politicians or whatnot. Yeah. And they hold on to every word. And it's like, whether we like it or not, we are a role model of sorts yeah. in the entertainment industry. And it's like, we have, we have the power to inspire and do something positive and yeah. you have that opportunity why would you squander it and a, and a role model doesn't mean you're you you this need for you to be invincible right you you are not suddenly obligated to be perfect and, and all that um mm -hmm. it's it's good to to just understand you are human you're not a superhuman yeah you put it out there and remind people it's like hi me and you we're all equal we yeah. all go to the bathroom. We mm -hmm. all have drama. We have bills to pay. Doesn't right. matter. Doesn't matter if you're poor or rich or in between. Everyone has the same kind of human experiences. Right. Different right. levels. But yeah, they're all there and they all affect this. Right. Absolutely. So with that said, we're going to end this off with a bang because I got some quick questions that I want to ask. Ooh. And some a lot of fun questions. I'm really interested to see what the first thing that's going to come to your mind when I ask. Are you ready, sir? Oh, hit me. <laughs> All right. Let's start off. What character do you enjoy playing the most? I enjoy playing, golly, probably, probably Ox King, because this goes really? back to me being a kid 
wanting to do cartoon characters. And I think Ox King, he's the biggest cartoon character I've ever done. I believe <laughs> he's just so derpy. And, you know, he just, he doesn't take himself seriously. And I think it, he just puts a smile on everyone's face. He's just like this big dork. And he's big, lovable, like, gee, gee, uh, you know. I just love doing that. A gentle always, giant, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it cracks the directors up anytime I have to do Ox King dialogue. And I love being able to crack up a director. Which, by the way, you in uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Kakarot, the future Trunks uh, season, I loved it. Ah, <laughs> nice. Loved you in that. And I loved you. I obviously... You know, when you play Ox King on air, too, it's just enjoy. It's just enjoyable to say, like, I know this guy. And it, yeah. <laughs> he's so <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> it, it's a blast. And that was one of those things that, hey, I got to do it from home. You know, some of it I did do in a studio, but then then it hit. And it's like, oh, God, what are we going to do? Right. And everyone's scared and nervous. It's like, we're going to record from home. And here's a game plan. And all the right. engineers. Was are, the feature of Trunks DLC all done at home? I, I. God, at this point, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> I love that you all do so much that it just like, especially if you worked on shows like uh, One Piece, that's yeah. in a thousand right now, or like Bleach, and this was like 400 somewhere, Naruto, that was like 400. It's like, I don't, look, you know more than I do at this The fans always will. You know, I'm, I mean, I, I can now hide behind my age. It's like, I'm 52, man. I can't remember anything. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, moving on. Funniest or weirdest sound effect you had to record in studio? Huh. I did. Um, there was a YouTube series. It's aimed towards kids. It's called Grocery Gang. Gross mm -hmm. as in gross out. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of gross out humors, you know, farts and squishy things that make kids go. Hee -hee -hee -hee. <laughs> right. I played a character. I totally forgot the name of the character. His name might have been Squish or Splat or, or something. <laughs> That sounded like a sound effect, but he didn't speak English. He just spoke with a with a splatty, squishy thing. So mm -hmm. they Tony Oliver was directing me, and he just ah, says, just yeah. uh, knock yourself out there. What 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 do you think he should sound like? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, we got him. That's him. <laughs> and I'm Peyton. sitting here, and all the cast is there too, because it was recorded not as an anime, but like a prelay, a cartoon. Right. We lay down the audio first and then it's animated mm -hmm. so everyone's cracking up it's like oh my god i'm getting paid to make <laughs> sounds they pay me to do this for real whereas everybody else if they do it and then somebody looks at you and looks at you back and say you're a damn fool that's right you do that as a kid your teacher says you'll never amount to anything in life <laughs> exactly. and then you come back it's like guess what Guess what I'm doing for a living, Mrs. Mrs. Johnson. <laughs> In this day and age, we can make noise like that while playing video games and oh, reading God comic yes. books because you get paid for it all now. You do. And you <laughs> could just throw it all on stream, on a Twitch stream or whatnot and sit there. And, you know, I could sit there and play a game and narrate the cutscenes as ce uh, celeb voices. Or exactly. <laughs> we can only entertain ourselves during a pandemic. There's no problem. <laughs> All right, next question, moving on. Best game you played this year? Mm, wow, I'm a hardcore. I'm getting you before 2001 is over. 2021, I should say. You are. You are. Right now, I'm all about Call of Duty Vanguard. And before mm. that, I was with the previous Black Ops 4. Right. Um, golly. 
the one that is that it got you like deeply involved, probably even a little emotional in the mist. Well, I don't really get involved in the story when I'm playing these first person shooters. I just play online, right. and listen to podcasts and keep the game volume turned down and just casually shoot people. <laughs> uh, Which is why but, I don't play because I usually get I'm usually the first ones out. Oh, yeah, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm terrible in FPS. I am awful, awful, awful. I'm the first guy to die always. Like, Operation Meat Shield. Like, oh. But I have fun. I find it to be relaxing. So, yeah. I uh, there, There's definitely things that make me frustrated. Like, I love Cuphead, but, man, I want to just throw the controls oh, to the TV. I, enjoy, I, 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 res- I respectfully own it, but I have still yet to finish it. I, I, I can't. I cannot. Talk about, you know, mental health. I cannot allow myself. Can't even. Unless they, in, until they get a God mode or something for the game, there's no way. I appreciate the animation. I love the character design. Once I play it, it's like, I need to be in the mood. I just finished playing Metroid Dread, and it, it's weird because you should be frustrated, but you don't because eventually you do get through it, and you feel some self, you know, so, some self-satisfaction from getting through these Emmys and whatever. So it's weird, but like I, that's as far as I go. I can't do Cuphead. <laughs> I play Metroid Dread and I'm feeling shades. I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little triggered with Cuphead. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And then I'll, I'll, I can I'll... honestly say there is a method to their madness with it. It's a little bit old school in, in terms of their structure because, you know, with all these Metroidvania games that they came out with, yep. it, it, it should be a little bit more, friendly than it than it was but they're sticking to their old school ways but it's not to say it's impossible because it is there is a way i just wish that they would lead you to with more direction in that game that's my only pet peeve is that they got you going everywhere but one <laughs> one direction but that you need to are, go we are in a day and age where you can put a playthrough video on youtube pause it which i do and see if you, and, and i do i got stuck really early on in, in metroid dread <laughs> and uh, it's like, <sighs> screw it, man. I still miss I the Nintendo um, Power days with the old maps. Yeah. I, still wish that, <laughs> I still wish that we had those because, I mean, I love going through YouTube every every so often, but a map, I think a map still is a little bit more helpful with me. <laughs> We're old school that way. Yeah. Physical things, physical things. I guess so. All right. Your favorite wrestler this year? This year? Uh... I'm loving Sammy Guevara. That young man is just rising up through the ranks. He has been a very formidable member of Chris Jericho's uh, inner circle, but um, that's kind of like busted up into new factions and whatnot. And uh, I think Sammy's where it's at. Now, I'm a I'll tell you biased. what, that last that, that match he had last week with Jay Lethal was unbelievable. See, I need to go back and see that. I've been missing out. I've been missing out. I was like uh, on the It was road. Jay Lethal's debut match in AEW, and it was classic. Ah, uh, yeah. You will, I mean, if you love Sammy Guevara, like you, like you say, you will yeah. enjoy this match. That dude, I mean, he's what twenty three or something. He's he's super young, yeah. and the the gymnastics and the aero aerobatic it's like crazy, just like physics defying moves. It's like, I don't remember seeing, you know, the Attitude Era guys do the stuff like this. Oh, it, it, it's no. They have a far evolved. Yeah. I mean, like, you get him or somebody like Ray Phoenix, who just looks like he came out of a video game. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, literally, he looks like one of the dudes from Virtual Fighter <laughs> or exactly. Tekken. And it, it, these guys are amazing. And um, have you been to an AEW live event yet? I have not. They have not come to the L.A. area. And I am going to Dallas for Anime Fest. And they're yeah. there that Wednesday before. But I don't get there in time to see it. So I'm like, <sighs> no. Let me tell you, it is a party. It is a literally it's literally I, this is my second time going uh, this year. Uh, this year, uh, and I think I went like in 2019. It is such a. It was just as great as it was then. It is great now, man. It was yeah. awesome. I highly recommend. I can't <laughs> wait because I went to a couple of raw tapings, and it's like okay. it was cool. And then it t- lost its luster pretty fast. And then that's understatement. In WWE, just like ah, they're going. Some, they're going through some things. They're going through some things. Meanwhile, AEW takes off, and the first thing that raised my eyebrow was Jericho going over there. It's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I love Jericho. Let's see where this is going. And then suddenly it's this exciting property and they're, they're a little, they're edgier and they're exciting. And it's like, Oh my God, right. this is where it's at for wrestling right now. It, it feels so refreshing. Yeah. It's definitely a refreshing feeling there. Yeah. All right. We talked a little bit about this, but let's go back to it just a bit because we want to narrow it down to one, the coolest form of tech you purchased this year. Hmm. Because you are a tech person, and I, you know, I'm dying to figure this one out. We haven't talked tech in quite a while. Golly, tech that I bought this year. What did I buy this year? You brought so much, you don't forgot. I've, I've, I've forgotten. I've gotten, <laughs> I've gotten things I haven't received in the mail yet. There's like a, there's a webcam called Illumina that's supposed to have the quality of a DSLR, but it's a USB webcam. Oh, wow. I'm really excited to get that. It was a crowdfunder thing and there's yeah. delays. So much, so many delays that people were getting just frustrated. It's like, this is a ripoff. Yeah. Just admit it. There's no product. <laughs> but I got a shipping notification. So it is on its way. And okay, I I'm dying. To, I'm looking forward to seeing your review on this. This is interesting. I will let you know. I'm using uh, the, the, Longa, the Longa Tech Brio right now, which is a 4K. Yes. I'm loving it. Yeah, you look great. And I've come very close to pulling the trigger on, on grabbing a Brio because I want 4K, but when you're streaming on Twitch, they don't even offer that as an option. I don't think unless you're a partner. There's a lot maybe. of streaming um, uh, platforms that don't you don't even go as far as 1080, and if they do, they charge you. Yeah. So I'm if holding I off until that's that. become a standard, a standard right. thing. Right. Yeah, I think I'm at 1080. Yeah. But I'm not at partner and I'm nowhere close because right. I get like 20 people a stream. But <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, guys, you're the faithful. I believe in you. I trust you. <laughs> oh, but yeah, other than that, I, I changed my streaming setup. I got some more like lights and yeah. kind of reorganized my, my, my little setup area. So it's a little more pro i guess looking right. not here this is not where i stream from this is literally oh, no, no, no. i know i've seen where you stream <laughs> yeah it's like i was thinking right as i went on it's like i probably should have gone on from my uh setup oops hi guys <laughs> look see i'm human no this is candid this is we, we just talked about this let them see the real you it's the real me <laughs> clothes there's blankets and pillows and acoustic foam over here so there you go <laughs> Two more questions. These are big ones. Okay. Who is Gohan's legitimate father? Piccolo or Piccolo? Piccolo. <laughs> Dude, I was about to say it before you finished. Because it's Piccolo. <laughs> There's no doubt. No doubt. I was going to add Chi Chi, but no, nah, she, she just, she's just overall. 
<laughs> no, she just comes in the room and makes sure that he's doing homework. Right, exactly. She's not the teacher. She's just the enforcer. Like, hey. are you studying? Good. Close the door. Piccolo sneaks in. It's like, all right, let's go. Let's go train. It's like, yay, Mr. Piccolo. <laughs> and that's what happened. There you go. And the last question. What are you most thankful for this year? Dude, I am thankful. Uh, God, uh, to be able to work during a pandemic, uh, even while things seem to be getting better and we might see the light at the end of the tunnel. We're not there yet. There's still some hot spots. There's there's still some herd immunity issues and all that. And um, I am grateful that I'm able to um, do online signings, to do conventions, to do cameo shout out videos. I'm so grateful for the fans and their opportunity to to reach out and and help support creators and artists. And it just it just means the world. And I know it, it has been just financially crushing for so many people. So if they're able to go through times like this and still put their hard-earned money into something that entertained them or gave them hope or peace or whatnot, that that is so humbling and, and, and so amazing. So again, it comes back to thanking everyone everywhere for supporting the arts and the people involved in the arts, no matter what phase or, or slice of the pie that they contribute, everyone is working hard. Everyone is giving their best, even though they're not all particularly showing in the in the in the spotlight. And they certainly deserve to. But the actors, you know, we're just one cog in the wheel, you know. Absolutely. Well, with that said, I definitely want to thank you, not just for being on the show, not just for your talents. But you have been the genesis of a friendship that I've had for quite a while in the name of Molly Flanagan. It started with you. <laughs> it started with a tweet and it started with me reaching out and I started working with her. She worked with me. I helped her with some design stuff and we've been friends with her and Lisa ever since. And it's just blossomed into this big thing, but it all started with you. Aww. And I can't thank you enough. Just, just for you giving me the opportunity to talk with me and just um it's just been awesome well, i mean you. it's just this road and i have a high like the highest respect for every actor who's ever put uh their voices on till mike to entertain us in one of our favorite fandoms known as anime and video games and to that nature and you guys rock and absolutely you rock so thank you all right back at you man i appreciate the friendship and support and uh, everything you do, man, it's it, it's spreading the word far and wide. I feel the love. I feel the passion. And it's wonderful. So let's just spread that love everywhere. Absolutely. Please give my uh, hellos to your wife, especially. It's been Absolutely. a while. <laughs> Will do. Will do. My wife and I are thinking of her and all of you guys. Oh. And happy Thanksgiving to you. So before you we too. end this off, please let our, um, let our listeners, let your fans know where to find you. All right. I'm at Kyle Abair on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Kyle Abair VO on Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. And you know, they changed the name to Meta anyway, so you might as well just change it. I'm on MetaBook. I'm on MetaFace. <laughs> oh my God. I'm Gohan with your own bad self on Twitch. And uh, yeah, I'm most active on Twitter though, at Kyle Abair. And if you want to check out my podcast, the Intergalactic Boombox, they're all about, you know, 10 minutes each. So it's a, it's a short time commitment. And hopefully you'll think it's fun and entertaining and funny and, and an interesting spin on 
pop culture geek podcasting because it's just me and the voices in my head. So give that a shot. It's everywhere podcast can be listened to. So just remember the intergalactic boombox and you can follow the, uh, the Twitter for that at boombox pod. And thank you, Mr. Dax, for all the opportunities there. Absolutely. And with that said, we're going to end this off on a great note. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this very special Thanksgiving episode, we can as well call it, <laughs> with myself and the one and only Kyle Habert. That will do it for us. On behalf of myself and Kyle, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs>